I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcast. My name is Ruth Akintunde. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending an email to thewomenprayergroup at gmail.com. So our email address is thewomenprayergroup at gmail.com. You can also send a direct message to Women Prayer Group on Instagram. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. This episode features the second thing that can take Christians to hell. Coming up next is a recording of our Bible study. For this year, we're supposed to study Deborah, and because we started the women in the Bible series last year, and it was more of okay. The first time, the first offering of the women prayer group, we talked about Proverbs 31 woman. We talked about Mary and Martha, and then we talked about Esther throughout November and December, and we learned a lot from our life and how she was submissive to um, her uncle. She was obedient and submissive to her uncle. So we're supposed to continue the women in the Bible series and talk about Deborah. But I had a dream on Tuesday, Tuesday before the last meeting. And I believe that God wants me to share it with everybody. And it was about a woman that she was a Christian and she was... In real life, the person that I saw is not married. The person has a boyfriend is not married. But in that dream, she was married, a Christian. But she had an argument with her husband, and she called me to come and help them settle the fight. So I was there, but she and her husband were in the house, and they were really shouting and fighting. And at the end of the day, she was her anger turned to bitterness, and she sets herself on fire, and she sets the husband on fire. And I was um, trying to, I was like, what was the meaning of this? Come out of this house. It's burning. Come out of this house. And she was laughing and she said, no, Ruth, it's too late. You can't do anything about this. This is, this is how it's going to end. I was, I was so, I felt so bad. I said, what is happening? Right there and then I heard a voice from heaven. And the voice said that my children, um, reading the Bible and praying, these are the things that the church takes us something that is good to do however it is very important if you want to gain the kingdom of God reading the Bible and praying so I was like yes I agree with you and I was like I caught myself I was like oh who is this person speaking so I was like it must be God so I I, I crammed the words reading the Bible and praying are very important but my church sees it as something that is good to do you can do it if you have time but God sees it as something that is very important if you want to gain the kingdom of God if you plan to live a holy life if you plan to gain the kingdom of god this reading the bible and praying is very important and when i while i was thinking about it 
um, something happened. I heard another thing. He said, and the third thing is being anxious for nothing. So I was like, oh, wow, being anxious for nothing. So I, I, when I woke up, I wrote those three things down. And I believe that everybody is supposed to hear about it. And that's how God interrupted us, our study of women in the Bible. So for the first three meetings of this year, we're going to study the three things that will take somebody that is a Christian already, will still make the person miss heaven, miss the kingdom of God. Not reading the Bible effectively, not praying effectively. And the third thing is being anxious for money, worldly things, being anxious. It's good to plan, but God has already told us not to be anxious like the unbelievers. The birds of the air, they don't worry about what they are going to eat or what they are going to wear. So what we are supposed to do is to seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things shall be added unto us. That is the teaching for next two weeks by God's will. Last week we talked about um, praying and um, reading the Bible vigorously and we learned how to read the Bible vigorously. So today, we are going to study how to pray effectively as a Christian, how to pray vigorously. And God says that people that are already Christians, they come to hell every day because people die every day. And they come to hell instead of them to go to heaven and enjoy the blessings that God has given them. Good morning. Who is who is speaking? This favor. Hi, favor. How are you? Good morning. Okay. Hi, Lola. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So please, I'm going to, as usual, I'm going to try to assign some Bible verses. To us, so we have three on the line for now. Matthew, um, please, Lola, they read Matthew chapter six, or open to Matthew chapter six, verse seven to fifteen. And another person, please, open to Matthew six, Matthew six, sixteen to eighteen. And um, that is Ayo. Ayo, please, open to Matthew six, sixteen to eighteen. And favor, please open to Isaiah 58, verse 12. So, um, Lalani, please read the <clears throat> Matthew 6, 7 to 15. Everybody followed as she was reading. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, this place talks about prayer, how to pray. So Jesus introduced how to pray to his disciples. This is like telling us that, okay, what has the chief priests been doing since the time of maybe Zachariah? Is it that this is, this is, this is probably the fact that they don't know how to pray or they don't know how to appropriately pray. What have they been doing? What have they been doing all the while when praying? So we can see that Jesus Christ came to set up, set up the steps to follow when praying and the truth is that not only the, the israelites at that time even some christians today they don't know how to pray and they don't know how to pray effectively so the the template templates on how to pray is this um is given to us by christ in matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 15 or verse 7 to 15 it says that you should not keep babbling like pagans um Stop repeating your prayers. Pray with consciousness. Be there when praying. Like be, it's like a conscious effort to pray to God. And it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So you start with prayer of thanksgiving. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's in heaven. I'm sure that many of us know how to pray. And we've heard this verse explained to us many times. Um, but while I was reading, one thing struck me when um reading the lost prayer um so we know that okay we can ask prayer of request give us this day verse 11 our daily bread and i'm asking god oh god whatever you have um wherever you need that is that's a part to ask after thanksgiving after telling god that his will will be done the next thing is to <clears throat> say um to make your request known to god if it's healing or prayer of um, breakthrough in your work, in your school, after thanking God, after telling him, let his will be done, then you ask for whatever you want to. And then remember that ask God for forgiveness because we must have sinned against him um, one way or the other. And also, before you expect God to forgive you, you have to forgive whoever you are against. It's either your professor or your boss at work or your friends or your neighbors. You have to forgive them first and forgive all of them first before you expect God to actually forgive you your sins. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Um, let me quickly get the door for the person. Someone is not Thanks. Yeah. So Julie is here and we have Lolade, Favor, and Ayo on the line. Okay. Um, let me just make a little recap of what we are talking about. Um, we are talking about prayer today and how to effectively pray and we are studying the Lord's Prayer um, in Matthew 6 verse 7 to 15 and Lord has helped us to read and we are just dissecting it um, right now we are talking about lead, um, forgive others uh, forgive others their sins if you expect God to forgive you and that is very important that is one reason why Christians even miss heaven because they are doing every other thing right but they are like oh I'm not going to forgive this person the person did a very bad thing to me and I'm not going to forgive this person that is one unforgiveness is one reason why many people miss the kingdom of God when you refuse to forgive um, 
others their sins and you ex how, how do you expect God to forgive you if you refuse to forgive other people their sins? And that is one thing God wants us to take, to always ask God for in our prayers. God, forgive me and if there's anybody that I still have in my heart unconsciously, I forgive that person. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Um, 13 says, and lead us not into temptation. Hmm. I want us to think about that part for oh, for two minutes. And lead us, or for, for some seconds, and lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. So Jesus is saying that we should pray to God, and God, help me not to be tempted. But thinking about this in reality, is this prayer going to be answered? If you think about temptation as a literal way, Jesus was led into temptation by the devil, uh, by the Holy Spirit. The devil tempted him three times. And if you read Matthew 4, verse, um, verse 1 to 2, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It's the Holy Spirit that led him to that temptation. And that is, that is funny. So, if... We pray every day, God, lead us not into temptation. That, in fact, temptation is the way God used to test our faith. Temptation is the way God used to test if we truly love him. So this prayer, if you are taking it as the literal temptation, it's not going to be answered because it's one way or the other, something will tempt you as a Christian, and that's how you grow. That, that makes me to think about it, that what kind of temptation is Jesus talking about here? And lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation. Okay, so there's a part of the Bible that says that um, He will not give us more temptation than we can bear. Can we all open to First Corinthians ten, verse twelve to thirteen? We can check out First Corinthians ten, verse twelve to thirteen. If you're there, you can read out for us. Yeah. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, you show your way out so that you can endure. So my dear friends, from okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Aya. So, um, we can see that definitely you'll be tempted. Because the Bible says that when you're tempted, it's not if you're tempted, whenever you're tempted, he will also provide a way of escape. And there's nobody that will not be tempted. Everybody will be tempted at one stage of your life to either follow God or stand for God or embrace the world. Every day of a Christian life, we overcome temptation. So if this is a temptation that Jesus was talking about here, he would have said, help us to overcome temptation, not lead us not into temptation. So by the Spirit of God, I understand that this is not the temptation that Jesus was talking about here. And lead us not into temptation as a deeper meaning. Um, 
Let's understand the first type of temptation. First type of temptation is the trial of our faith. Every Christian will be tried. Every Christian will be tried one way or the other. The prayer is God help us to overcome temptation whenever we come. And God has promised that He will not give us more than the temptation that we can bear. So in this Christian life, every day of our lives, as we read the Bible, we use, use the word of God as Jesus did to overcome temptation. So what now is this temptation that Jesus is talking about? See, that he's saying that we should pray to God not to let us be led into. It says, and lead us not into temptation. That we should not, God, God, please don't even let us get it. So just help us not to be led into this temptation. What is he talking about? So um, I would like us to read um, Revelations. Revelations 3, verse 10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming, that is, I'm sorry, that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Amen. Thank you. So, um, if you read the whole chapter, Revelation chapter 3, if you're in your free time, you can go and read it. Revelation chapter 3 is the revelation that, um, revelations, the whole revelation is the revelation that Jesus Christ revealed to John when he was thrown into the island of Patmos. And Jesus Christ gave John messages to the churches in that time. So um, there were different churches at that time. And I believe that this represents the different kind of churches in the whole world today. So there's a particular church called Philadelphia, which Jesus talked about in Revelation 3, verse 7 to 13. These people love God so much. If you read it, you see. They love God so much. And it stands for you and I, if you love God as much as they, if you have the characteristics of this church. And, and in 10, it says, since you have kept my commandments to endure patiently, I would also keep you from the hour of trial or temptation that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. So there is a time in the future, and is the time of temptation and tribulation. And Jesus said that this particular church, because they kept his commandment, he's going to keep them from that hour of temptation. That hour of temptation is very significant. It's going to test the world, the whole world, the inhabitants of the earth. It's coming in the future, and it's going to, test the whole world so um, <clears throat> this I believe is the temptation that Jesus was talking about in this prayer and um, in this daily prayer um, if we read Matthew as we go on in our Bible study I'll try to teach about the end time I'll try to teach about what God has shown me about what's gonna happen after the, the world is all and um, towards the end of the world and Part of this is this temptation that we are talking about, this trial of the whole world. The Bible says in Matthew 24 that the, even the Christians might fall during this time of temptation. Even the Christians might fall. And see a wonderful promise that God has given to the Philadelphia church that he would prevent them from going into this temptation that is going to test the old inhabitants of the earth. So I believe that this is a temptation that God is talking about in this. Because obviously we are going to be led to everyday temptation. But that's very important one. Lord, 
please lead us not into it. That is what Jesus is talking about here. Then, as you bring your prayer to your close, you pray for protection. In the second part of verse 13, it says, But deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Um, <clears throat> you know that we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. He works in different ways to um, suppress, oppress, possess the inhabitants of the earth. But because we have Jesus, we have power over him. And that is why a Christian should always pray. Because God is ready to answer your prayers. Pray about every single thing in your life. Whatever we, we sang the hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. Because we can take everything to him in prayer. No matter how small it is, no matter how big your problems are or your issues are, even if you think it's something you are not supposed to pray about, just take everything to him. He's a friend that wants to listen to you. Just go on your knees and follow these steps. Thank him for being your father. Pray that his will be done and make your requests known to him. Just talk to him about it and he will come to you. He will work things out for you. And so that is prayer. And after saying the Lord's Prayer, in 14 and 15, God emphasized the fact of forgiveness. He emphasized it again, that if you forgive other people then that sin against you, then your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive, you, there's no way He can forgive you. I mean, there, were, there are many parables about that in the Bible, about forgiveness. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. I'm talking about the parable of the prodigal son, the parable of the unfaithful servants, etc. So they are parables about forgiveness. Um, let me see if I have one more verse about prayer and then we'll go into fasting. We're going to talk about fasting. Okay, one more verse about prayer that I want to share with you is James chapter 5 verse 16. Please open to James 5.16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The Bible says that the last portion of that place is, is what I, I used to tell God. Like whenever I am praying for something so big, so it looks so impossible to me. I, I say, God, your word says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I believe that this prayer is going to be answered because I'm trying my best. I'm doing your will. Your blood has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And I believe I'm righteous in your sight. I believe that my prayer is powerful and effective and it will be answered. And so I just want you to know that if you are righteous, following God's way, following God's will, doing God's will, your prayer reaches the heavens and your prayers will be answered. I'm sure that all of us, most of us, one time in our lives have had prayers answered. Had prayers effectively answered. The, the important thing I think about this one is the, you have to remember that we are not righteous on our own. Yeah. So it's basically the, the power that comes from God because he's the one who makes us righteous yeah. is what's powerful and effective. So just us simply saying, they're saying, you know, I pray that that moves from here to here doesn't mean it's going to move from here to here because that could be just me as opposed to having God's presence stirring me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We, 
our righteousness cannot answer anything. It's the righteousness of Christ in us that makes up the rest effective and powerful. Thank you. <clears throat> Let's go to fasting. Um, I have all. I don't know who I gave Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Please read Matthew 6, 16 to 18. I think it's Ayo. I do. Yeah. Okay. And when you fast, don't you make it obvious as the hypocrite do? Or they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them from their fast. And I tell you the truth that it's the only reward they will, they will ever get. But when you fast, How many people notice that this prayer and fasting is from the same chapter? And also being anxious for nothing is from the same chapter. It's, it's very evident that God, God's word that he has spoken to us many years ago is still the same today. In that dream I heard that read the Bible vigorously, pray vigorously, and be anxious for nothing. Three things. Obey the commandments of God. Read, pray, and be anxious for nothing. I pray God will help us do his word and help us gain his kingdom. So um, I just read about fasting. And um, fasting is something that we do to get, um, to make our spirits align with God. When we deny ourselves of food, we deny ourselves of worldly pleasures. It makes our spirits in tune. It makes our spirit lighter and in tune with the spirit of God. So coupled with prayer, when you don't, when you not eat, you, you don't eat. But the verse that I just read just makes us understand that when doing it, you should not do it like the hypocrites do. Just go about your daily activity. You don't need to look um, sad that you're fasting now. Um, let's read Isaiah chapter 58, verse 4. It talks about fasting too. Favor, I think you're supposed to read Isaiah 58, 12. Isaiah 58, 12. She wrote, she read the right verse, but it is, it's not Isaiah 58, it's 12. Hmm. Let me see. Hmm. Okay, I, it's Isaiah 58, verse, uh, verse 3. So it's supposed to be Isaiah 58, 1 to 12. So Israelites at that time, in Isaiah's time, they were saying, He fasted, but you don't see it. He prayed and fasted, but you don't hear. And we have humbled ourselves, we do not notice it. So fasting is a form of humbling yourself to 
God. But God told them through Isaiah that this is what I expect of you when you fast. Your fasting, maybe you fasted in the morning and you ended by 3 p.m. You end up quarreling and fighting again with your husband or with your children or with your friends after, after the fasting. You end up fighting and striking each other with your fist. That's not type of fasting. How would I answer that prayer when you start fasting and then you end it up with vanity and speaking um, evil against each other or thinking bad thoughts? In order to fast and pray effectively, God said, okay, it's not about covering your head or wearing sackcloth and ashes because this is how they do it before. And Jesus came to correct that. You don't have to look disfigured, just like Ayo has read when fasting. This is how they used to do in the olden days. They look disfigured, they put sackcloth and ashes on their heads. And Jesus came to correct that, that you should clean your face, put oil on your face, and look fine when fasting. And apart from the physical cleanliness, um, fasting is a time to, when you fast and pray, it is effective. In verse 6, it says that it loses the chain of injustice. When you fast, your prayer at that moment is so powerful to break every yoke. It can set the oppressed free. And during fasting, verse 7 says that share your food with the hungry. Provide for others. When you see others naked, do good. Clothe them. Don't turn away from your flesh and blood. All these people, they fast and pray. That's how the Pharisees are. They try to keep the law, but the normal things of being good to others around them, they ignore it. So we should not be like the Pharisees that try to be um, devoted or pure before God. But before the physical man that we see, we are not good to them. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So when we do all this, we have this lifestyle of, being, um, of giving to others and following the will of God, doing the word of God, doing the law of God. Then, when we fast in this way, apart from being, um, when we fast in this way, our light will break forth like the dawn, and healing will quickly appear to us. If you are praying for healing or, or whatever you're praying for, your prayers will be answered. That's what the word of God says. And when you cry for help, you will say, I am here. Amen. So I pray God will help us to fast and pray the way he has designed for us. In Jesus' name. Okay. So we have 15 minutes more. Um, I will advise you to have a day of fasting in a week. This is an advice. It's not a suggestion. It's not something. It's not compulsory. But. I think it will help you um, in your walk with God. Try to have a day where you fast and pray. Fast and pray. Choose a day and fast and pray. Break the bands of wickedness. Intercede for others. Um, do good to others. Good can be physical. It can also be spiritual. But praying for others, praying for the sick all over the world, that God will make them healed and let their healing bring salvation their healing bring the knowledge of jesus to their hearts these are things that we can pray and fast for because god doesn't will that any should perish but that everyone should come to his knowledge 
Pray for the travelers, the, the missionaries, the pastors. Pray for everything. Pray for others. Intercede for others. Pray for your family members. Pray for yourself. Pray for your career. Pray for your job. Take everything to God in prayer. Just try your best to be very close to God through prayer and fasting. And God will help us not to miss his kingdom. God will help us to gain his kingdom in Jesus' name. Um, I would like us to pray right now for the word of God we just heard. And then we will also pray for um, whoever has any prayer requests, we can intercede together with the person. Um, so I'd like us to bow down our heads and pray to God. Um, the Bible has already told us how to pray, how to fast, how to seek His face. Time will us to read Matthew 17, verse 21, where it talks about um, the disciples wanting to cast out demons from a particular child. And they were not able to, even when they said the name of Jesus, they were not able to cast out the demons from that, that child. But what did Jesus tell them? This kind of problem, this kind of mountain, this kind of issue can only be solved by fasting and prayer. That was what Christ told them on that day. So let's pray that God will help us to be closer to him, to pray and fast, take everything up to him. Oh, what peace we forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Just because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Everything we need to carry to God in prayer. Prayer for our future, our marriage, our spouse. Prayer for our future children. Prayer for an aunt that is sick. Prayer for an uncle. Prayer for whatever in your life that you are not pleased with. Prayer to know God more. Prayer to know your purpose in life. What's your purpose? What has God created you for? And prayer to understand how to fulfill it. How to fulfill it. These are the things that prevent people from gaining the kingdom of God. Not praying effectively. Not seeking God's face effectively. Pray, God, help me to be strong. Help me to pray to you. Help me to carry everything to you in prayer. Whatever happens, help me look up to you often. Help me look up to you every time. Help me look up to you first and not to my husband or to my children or to a rich man out there that can help me out. But help me look up to you first in everything. Help me to look up to you, God, because I know that you are, you are more than able to answer my prayer. You're more than able. And give me the strength to fast and seek your praise and break every yoke in my life. Give me the grace to fast and seek your praise. strength that we need to turn away from temptations in this world 
and to focus on you more.